we talk about music, music news, music stuff, and anything else that comes up. Hi, Celia. Hey, Austin. How's it going? Great. Good. I'm excited for this one. You ready for episode two? I am ready for episode two. So we're going to get dirty. We're going to get so dirty. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> so uh, first thing I want to talk about is how we consume our music. You know, I think we both have pretty big record collections or CD collections or cassette we do. collections. I do. I have over a thousand records, vinyl. I probably still have 20 cassettes. And maybe 80 CDs of that. So I still have my tangible music. Right. But I can't say that I've actually purchased any in the last five to seven years. Oh, as far as CDs. Like, I still purchase records. Right. But I think that's just become more of a nostalgic thing. Besides, like, the records that I purchase to mix with. Yeah. Personally, I'm streaming all my music. Yeah. What do you use? I use Apple Music and Spotify. Okay, you still use Spotify. I still do use Spotify. Weird. I know. The <laughs> honestly, the the reason that I still use Spotify is just because of um, like other people's playlists. Okay. Whereas I don't think Apple Music has really figured out a good way to do that yet. Right. Like it's cool. You can you can make playlists and send it to someone, uh, but there's not a way to just put it up like a social network or a media and just right. see what they've posted without them saying, "Hey, I specifically think you should." listen to this one that I've made. Yeah, and there are a lot of, like, artists will make playlists of music that are listening to. Like, Joy Wave actually has really good playlists that they put up. A lot of YouTubers that I like put up playlists. So so that's really the only reason I go to Spotify anymore. Most everyone that I know is streaming their music. I don't... You know, some people are still purchasing music on um, iTunes or Google Play. Apparently that's a thing. Right. Well, and if you get the, you know, you get the one-offs where they don't make them available on streaming services, or like, you know, you'll have artists that will only make things available on specific streaming services. Like, I haven't listened to The Life of Pablo because I'm not a title subscriber. I, I don't plan on becoming a subscriber for one album. No. But, you know, a lot of the, um, so Prince is an artist that I really like. He has some stuff on title, I believe, but he is very vehemently anti-streaming. Right. Um, and his main reason for not wanting to stream is that he doesn't feel like he's being appropriately compensated, um, for streaming services. And that was like the big thing with Taylor Swift when she pulled all of her stuff from Spotify and kind of got into that little tiff with Apple Music. Right. Well, because Apple was planning on not paying their artists for the first three months where everybody was able to... Yeah, like during that free trial. The trial period, right. But that didn't go over well, and obviously... Well, right. I, I guess I should say it did go over well, because now all the artists got paid for that True. that time. So, I mean, let's, let's kind of look at how this all breaks down. Because it's, as a consumer of music and someone who, you know, I'm very passionate about music, I'm fine with paying. I don't think it's too much to ask that an artist gets compensated for the, the work and the time that they put into this stuff. But... I want to consume my my music in a way that's convenient for me and affordable for me. Absolutely. Um, And so that's why I think streaming is really awesome, because I'm not spending $15, $20 on a CD. I'm spending $10 a month, and I can get everything that I need. Right. But then you know that the artists that you really like, you're supporting more, because the more you stream, the more money they get. Yeah. So let's let's, let's break this down a little bit. Okay. Um, let's Let's go back in time a little bit. 
Let's go, go back, back to tangible like, yeah, CDs. The, the land of CDs. Land of CDs. Um, on average, how much would an artist make off of like one album sale, for instance? I know <laughs> back in high school, like late 99, early 2000, CDs were like $18. Right. Um, and now they're $10. Yep. They're Which about... Is, is about what I think a CD is worth. Yeah, absolutely. $10 is fair. Yeah. But when you're looking at $10, the artist is only going to get a small fraction of that, like a dollar or less. Okay. From that album. And um, that doesn't no, that doesn't matter how many times I listen to that album. Right. If I listen to it once and throw it away, that artist still makes the same amount of money as if I listen to it a thousand times and wear it out. Right. Or if you happen to dub it. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> exactly. If you share it with your friends, I've done that plenty of times. Right. They're still only making that dollar. Yep. They get one dollar. Now, streaming works a little bit different. They're getting paid every time you stream a song. So it's per song. The information that we've got from multiple sites um, is that there's a range of rates, I guess I could say, that these stream and ser streaming services are paying out to, to the labels. So it's anywhere from about 0 0.006, which is a little more than half of a cent, to 0 0.0084 per stream. And the average artist would make from that about one-tenth of a cent. So we're looking at 0 0.001128. So just for them to make that dollar, you will have to stream one of their songs at least 1,000 times. Or they would have to have that song streamed 1,000 times to make about a dollar thirteen. So if we break this down into a specific example, so if your favorite artist, you listen to this song 250 times throughout the course of a year, you're looking at paying $2.10. That's how much your streams have made, but it didn't make $2.10 for that artist. You made $2.10 for that record label that has a contract with your favorite artist. Now, depending on the contract between the artist and the label, that artist may only get 15 to 20% of that $2.10 that you made them from streaming that song 250 times throughout the year. So your artist may only be getting 42 cents. That sucks. Yeah, that super sucks. I mean, this is your favorite artist. Right. And you gave them that. However, that's one song of, let's say there's 10 songs on this album. Yeah. So you could potentially be making them about $4. If you're streaming their entire album... 250 times you're giving them four dollars and twenty cents as opposed to and that's per year right as opposed to the one dollar they right. would get from buying their cd right and that's i mean you have your cd for as long as you have that cd right but who knows you know you may have that you may have the cd and and listen to it 14 times so it really depends on how much relevance the artist has in your life like, are you going to continue giving money to them yeah. how many times you're streaming it? Or is it, you know, one and done? Well, yeah. And I'm sure we've, <laughs> we've all bought a CD, right? That we played maybe once or twice or we heard a single. Mm -hmm, and you're kind of mm -hmm. trapped into buying the whole thing. Girl, Eve 6. <laughs> <laughs> that was yours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you buy one thinking, man, this single is going to be great. Oh, yes. And the rest of the album, not so much. So right. they got you. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> Um, well, and that's what's, that's what's cool about streaming for me too, though, is that it gives me the freedom to check out stuff that, you know, because I am a little gun shy after having put money into albums that sucked. 
I don't mind having, you know, a conversation with someone and they say, oh, you should check out this artist. I'm going to take the time to do that. Whereas I'm not necessarily going to take the time and the money to go to a record store, find it, buy it, and then listen to it. True. I mean, I'm already paying the $10 a month for my streaming service. Right. You know, what? what's harm in listening to that? And I think it's fantastic that, you know, they're paying out the artists. I think both Spotify and Apple Music pay about 70 to 73% of their revenue to the artists and labels. Yeah. Now, with, with Spotify, there is that range, you know, from half a cent to, or, you know, a little more than half a cent to... 0.08. Yeah, almost yeah. three quarters. Yeah. Um, why is there a difference in amount that an artist would get? Is that just based off of their agreement with Spotify, or...? It's based off of a complex formula that, for instance, Spotify has. Major labels will get most of the money and major artists will get majority of that. And yes, it is based on the contract, but it can also be based on the country and what currency they're using. Okay. Um, however that... Like the exchange rate works exactly, or whatever? Exactly, like translates to dollars. So, you know, there, there can be money lost in that as well. Now with Spotify, I'm... I'm a paid subscriber on Spotify. They they also have you can you can listen to stuff on Spotify for free, and you'll just get ads. If right. if I'm a paid subscriber, does more do do I give the artist more money? Like, yeah. is there any like I don't know kind of reward for the artist for me being a a paid subscriber yeah. versus someone who's just listening to it with the ads? Yes, um, they'll get a lot more if you're a paid subscriber. At least I believe it's at least twice as much okay. than they will if you're listening to the music for free based strictly on the ads because then the artist is go just going to get a small percent of the ad revenue. Okay. We can look at the amount of subscribers that each of them have. Spotify is topping the list, but they've they've been... Um, Spotify has been around for a minute. Right. Uh, nine years? Yeah. Nine years, and they have close to 75 million subscribers. Um, that's both paid and free. Yeah, and they're... They're worldwide. Right. Yeah, so the big three, so Spotify, then mm -hmm. next up would probably be Apple Music, right? As right. far as number of subscribers. Right. I've heard anywhere between 11 and 15 million. But they've been around for less than a year. And then the the third big streaming service is the one that everybody talks about, at least, is Tidal. Right. They don't have that many subscribers, do they? No, I honestly had never heard of Tidal. Until everyone was talking about um, Kanye's album, and that's the only way to listen to it. And I'm like, what is Tidal? Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, I think it was a was actually about a year ago as well, when Tidal had their, their launch. It was very, like, I think you know, Kanye was there, Jay-Z was there, Daft Punk was there. There were a bunch of different artists kind of touting this new subscription service, and then it kind of fell off. Is it Jay-Z's service? Yeah. Okay. Now with Title though, they have a little bit different um, like subscription structure. So like with Apple Music, ten bucks for you, fifteen bucks for your family. Right. Spotify actually is a student discount, which is kind of cool. It so is. So ten bucks normally, or you can get it for five bucks if you're a student. Mm -hmm. Title is ten bucks for a regular subscription, or twenty dollars a month for a high fidelity subscription. So you get a higher quality audio stream. They also have a student discount available, but I couldn't find the actual amount, like amount of the discount or the the monthly fee for it. Okay. Do we... I don't I don't understand paying an extra ten dollars for for high quality. You're streaming, right? So really, how how high quality are we gonna get? 
Right. I was, I was, that was going to be my question is, do we know what high fidelity means in terms of right. like streaming quality? Because yes, I mean, <laughs> you're listening to a digital file that's already been compressed and then right. you're streaming it. Then you're streaming it, probably listening to it on earbuds. Yeah. So is that, I mean, I guess I'm, you know, maybe if you're. Yeah. I was going to say not necessarily audiophile quality because the, you wouldn't even be streaming it if you're really looking for high quality. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We know a little bit about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Is it more beneficial streaming music rather than buying the tangible album? It absolutely... It completely depends on how how often you plan on listening to that. Yeah. I think as a, as a consumer, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm all you for know, it. Hands down. Yeah. As a um, consumer, I'm like, fantastic. I pay $10 a month. I don't even think about it. Right. And I can think of something silly... Uh, I can go back and listen to, you know, some music from when I was a kid. I can, uh, you know, you just have those funny moments or you think of something and you're like, oh my God, remember this song? And you can play it instantly. Right. I think I pay more for the convenience factor of anything. I don't know that I would buy an album every month, although I may, but that kind of takes that, you're saying, you know, you're a little gun shy. Like, I think that takes a little bit of that anxiety out of going out and putting a full $10 into one album you're not sure you're going to like. So true. You know, like, I think I've gotten into diff a lot of different kinds of music that I wouldn't have had I not had the subscription service because I would have been uh, not as apt to go out and spend that $10. Yeah, so I mean, you know, kind it of... It helps me discover new music, and I think yeah. that's... Yeah, so I mean, as far as the artist is concerned, on someone who doesn't listen to your stuff as much... So someone who's not a big fan of your music, you're not going to make as much money as you would if they bought an album. Right. But it opens you up to a lot more listeners. Yeah, a larger audience. There's so many more people that you can touch just by having your music um, distributed digitally and, and streaming it. And that's why I think it's great for independent artists. You know, they don't have to necessarily depend on a major label. Right. Um, to get that sort of distribution in that audience because before you had to be signed to a major label and that major label had to have a distribution deal and you depended on them to get the music um, into record stores and for them to put up marketing for you and advertisement and those artists would use their um, promotion team to get you on the radio. Right. Well, and that's where we get those kind of those horror stories from these artists selling millions of records like TLC, like the, the behind the music stories. Right. Where they sell so many albums and they don't make any money off of it because there are all these other hands in the pot. Right. They get a small advance, which has to be spread out over majority of them and their team. And paid back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to recoup that cost recoupable. from, <laughs> from the royalties that they make. So from that dollar... For every album they sell, think if they had a you know five hundred thousand dollar advance, how many albums would they, they'd have to sell fifty thousand? Right, to get just at zero. Mm -hmm. For an independent artist, when you're streaming their music, so someone who's outside of the the label system, that's it's a good money maker because it's all profit, and your your overheads on that are fairly low right because you've mm -hmm. got you know your cost of production recording and then advertising because you don't have to put money into having physical 
you know, albums pressed or, or printed or whatever. Yeah. And that shit's not cheap. No. <laughs> no. There's a lot that goes into production costs um, and duplication. But yeah, that definitely cuts most of that out and... I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's good on both ends. I know there's been a lot of controversy over the years, you know, a lot of lawsuits and right. you know, but they're trying to figure it out. Like all of this intellectual property is new over the last ten, fifteen years, where people really aren't sure. Um, lawyers, labels, consumers, they're not sure how um, everybody should be paid, and so they're trying to come together and figure out the best possible way for the content providers to make money off of the services while it's fair for the consumers where you can get enough subscribers to make money off of it. Yeah. And that could pay the artists fairly. Yeah. I mean, the other big thing I think is that with how readily available streaming has become and the amount of stuff that's available through these streaming services, it's, it's pretty much as, as a responsible consumer eliminated illegal downloading. At this oh, point, for sure. if you're still getting on like peer to peer or, um, no. you know, you're just a twat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think before, because, you know, I've used Napster and uh, LimeWire. Oh, and we, were all, we were all in it. We, we were, were all there. It. You know, now there's literally just, there's just no excuse for it. Not. Nah. There's none. You know, it was either that or, you know, you're paying thousands of dollars for a CD over, you know, over the course of a year. Right. Yeah. You know, or, you know, you use these services and got lots of viruses on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots of adware. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't hear of much peer to peer sharing with music anymore. At least no one that's going to discuss it around me. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are still, I mean, outside of music sales, and this is the way it's been since we were all purchasing tangible copies of things. There are lots of other, revenue sources for for artists. artists totally because a dollar per album yes yeah, not not so much no and like we talked about a minute ago they have to recoup the cost of pressing the album and the recording and you've got to pay your right your producer and uh you know say you're in a band how many ways are you gonna have to split that right um so yeah there's a lot of other ways that artists can make money yeah so like in addition to to streaming you could do like sync licensing, like um, having your. What's that? Um, so that is for when an existing work is synced with, like TV or movie or something like that. So like a song for a soundtrack, or, you know, something similar. Okay, I know any time your music makes it on television, whether it's like with a commercial, is that what what syncing would be? Yep. For example, uh, they use an artist in Chicago by the name of Bump J, who is very very. Popular within the city, but not really anything past that. Yeah. Some hip-hop artists, and they used one of his songs in a McDonald's commercial. And that went across the world. So I know that that was a huge stream of revenue for him. Yeah, and with that too, so you get your you get the sync license, and then they also have to like license the rights to that. So there are additional... Multiple. Yeah, okay. so there are multiple licenses involved with something like that. You, as a, as a songwriter... You own the lyrics to that work, mm -hmm. um, assuming that you're doing your publishing correctly. Um, so places that display lyrics online or like sheet music sales, that sort of thing. It's another revenue option. Right. I know there are two different licenses with a song, for instance. There's the publishing for the actual written 
lyrics and the notes of the music. Yep. And then there's the performance right. part of it. That's why you can get an artist that will cover a song and there's only one license that they need for that because they're performing it while they're just taking the, the music and the lyrics from another artist. Yeah. The songwriter. Ringtones for those people who are still using those. Who does that? I don't think I'm sorry. Know. Okay. No. All right. Let's, no. And the big ones, and there are lots and lots of other ways that artists can, can make money. You know, when we talk about like corporate sponsorships, um, YouTube partner programs, so like playing ads before your YouTube videos, stuff mm-hmm. like that. The big ones are going to be merch sales and, and live shows. Live shows. They get a lot of money from me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> hands down. That is by far my favorite aspect of music is going to see a live show. And I remember two years ago, I said, this year, like from, from this point forward, I'm going to make a bigger effort to go out and see all of my favorite artists. And I have seen at least 10 to 15 from that point. Right. You know, because I'm like, you know, any, anyone that's coming to town... Or in the, the area, because right. we don't get all of the major shows here, no. necessarily. No, we're we're kind of fucked when it comes to shows. Agreed. We, you know, I feel like a lot of live music consumption, as far as major artists go, and even, like, some independent artists, are going more to these huge, like, multi-day festivals. Right. We're in Indiana. Well, I don't know if they're, if they're going towards them, or if they're getting booked for them, and in their contract it's saying, hey... You can't pay. Uh, you can't play another show within right. this area for. Yeah. You know. Well, and as a as a promoter who's putting on that festival, that would be a wise decision. It only makes sense, yeah. Right. If you're dr- trying to bring in their fans. But yeah, so we're in Indiana. Um, we don't have any of those big music festivals here. We don't. And there, there, most of the country doesn't have those big music festivals. But true, we are able to go and see a lot of different artists just as they come through on tour. And for me, that's a better experience. I agree. I prefer the more, the smaller venue, more intimate. You know, I feel at that point, it's typically in the beginning of the artist's career. And not only do you feel like I'm a part of something that not everybody is, you also feel like you're surrounded by like-minded people that are really, truly, actually a fan of that artist. And not there because it's the number one song on the radio or, you know. Not to mention the fact you're not sweating balls standing in a field in the middle of July. Gross. There are, there are a lot of festivals going on around us, though. Oh, yeah. We're um, surrounded. Surrounded. Illinois has a lot. So oh, we've yeah. got Lollapalooza. Yep. North Coast, which, not going to lie, I kind of want to go to. It's right on... Right, right on the lake. Right on the lake. It's a pretty cool area. Yeah. Seems to have some decent artists. We've got Spring Awakening, which in the past has been at Soldier Field. I think they're going to move it to the south side this time. Yep. And uh, Riot Fest, which you went to last yes. year. <laughs> yeah, super fun, but incredibly muddy. Yeah, it sounds gross to me. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm more than anything really, really want to go to Lala this year because of the lineup is incredible. Yeah. I am not excited about standing outside right. for hours in the sun. Yeah. And then we've got in Ohio, they've got Bunbury, Kentucky's got Forecastle. Michigan has Movement and Electric Forest. Wisconsin has Summerfest. So we're surrounded. True, yeah. Um, So it's a little weird to me that we don't have one of those big major music festivals. But that doesn't mean that we're out of luck when it comes to live music. No, it's it's give and take. I mean, these these are all bordering states that we can travel, you know, two to three hours and, and be to one of these. 
which is perfectly fine. I, I would take that over a festival any day. Yeah. You know, being able to see them in a, in a smaller environment, for sure. Right. Well, and, you know, the thing that I really like about kind of having those artists come into our area and play these small venues is mm -hmm. that normally they're supported by local artists. Yeah. And that exposes me to more stuff that I wouldn't normally find or, or listen to. But then it gives me more opportunities to go out and do fun shit because then now I've got another artist that I'm interested in and when they play locally, I'm going to go and see them. Absolutely. Um, the end of uh, 2014, we went to go see Betty Who and who was opening for them? Joy Wave, who we were already a fan of. Right. So we were like, bonus. And then we didn't know there was an opener for the opener. Right. Great Good Fine Okay. Great Good Fine Okay. And Mind blown. Amazing. Technicolor jackets on lock. Ugh, dude. Jacket game. Yeah, and yep. that's that's Strong. my favorite way to discover music. I love having my friends tell me, you know, hey, check out this artist, pull them up on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Right. But it's a completely different experience when you're there with them live. Oh, man, the energy is incredible. And not to mention, got to meet Joywave. True. Right? Got to shyly say hello to the front man for a great, good, right, fine, right. okay. We were a little <laughs> taken <laughs> back. Um, but... I bought Joy Wave's um, album, and they signed it and right. had a whole conversation with them. Met the one dude's dad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It was it was incredible. It's it's experiences like that that you can't find from watching their their performances on YouTube or listening to their music. Yeah. You know, it's it's a completely different experience, and it's something that like it it's this memory that you're gonna have forever, and you're going to equate with them. Right. Yeah, let's let's talk about watching shows on YouTube. Okay. First of all, if if you've taken the time and the energy and the effort to get to the show early, fight your way up front. There's a fight. Post it up there through the opening acts. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck are you standing with your phone out for the entire headliner? Like, are you really experiencing that concert, or no. are you still just watching it through a screen like you could if you were yeah. watching someone else's shitty concert video on YouTube? I think that was the most frustrating thing for me because. You know, I went to a lot of shows um, in my teenage years and early 20s, and then I didn't go for a good chunk of time, maybe eight years, and that's when, you know, the smartphones came out right. during that time. And I go back and I'm like, fuck, I can't see anything because I'm looking through everyone's phone. Yeah, short as fuck, and yeah, everybody's holding I'm their phones super short. Their I've seen iPads at shows. Gross. That's so fucking gross. No, it's, it's obscene. They shouldn't even leave the house. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> Like, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm short and you're short. It's hard enough as it is to meander your way and, like, flirt your way to the front. Right. Okay? But once you get up there and you're just surrounded by people who are more worried about getting the best shot, you know? No, I'm not going to lie. I love posting pictures of my shows. I probably have at least 10 to 15 pictures from each show. But I don't have, you know, 752. Right. That's completely unnecessary. Yeah. You know, I, I know you're there. Okay, you can tag yourself. Yep. You can post one or two pics. Cool, great memory. But, like, don't make it a shitty experience for everyone else that's there. See it live. Don't see it through the, the lens of your phone. Right, because you can do that at home. Right. Now, do you think that... Do you think that people are forgoing, like, actually going out and going to shows to watch them on YouTube? Now, there's, there's some stuff that, that I think is really cool. Like, um, certain festivals will partner with streaming, serve, like video streaming services like um, last year Lollapalooza was on 
Red Bulls website. Yes, I remember that. That was really cool. That was cool. If you can't be there, that's totally cool. Or, you know, I mean, sometimes it comes down to money because... You know, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to come up with three to four hundred dollars to go to Lala. Well, yeah, but my... I can sit at home and stream it and like feel kind of cool that you know I was able to see some of the things. Yeah, I mean, my going on. my biggest thing on that is the quality of it. Like that was a, you know, the the audio was coming from the board, so oh. it wasn't the super shitty distorted cell phone yeah. audio, and they were legit cameramen with actual large, you know, heavy cameras, so it wasn't shaky and getting knocked around by the people around in the crowd right oh that's fantastic but you know are people forgoing going out to because when i go out and see shows i feel like there aren't as many people at local shows as there were 10 15 years ago when i was a kid yeah that's true you get a different experience though watching it live is awesome and you get to be around people and the energy and it's fun as many idiots as you're surrounded by as well true you know but you don't get the view that you do when you're watching it, you know, from YouTube, you're not like bird's eye view or, or looking from, you know, set back from a distance where the board is. Yeah. And you don't always get to see what's going on. I've been to a couple of shows where I have to watch it from a monitor because I can't see the artist from where I am. Yeah. And that's when you, when you get into these festivals and these larger shows, that's what it's like. True. You know, if you're on the floor, you're, you're barely being able to see it. The first time I saw Sam Smith, small venue at the Riviera in Chicago. I was right there. All of it. Yes. <laughs> Head to toe. Right. Five months later, if that, four months later, it's at the UIC Pavilion. Yeah. And yes, I can see this blip on the uh, on the stage, but I'm I'm taking pictures and I'm looking at the two monitors to his on his sides. And so yes, I still want to go and it was still fun, but it would have probably looked better looking at it on a, a screen. Okay, so even though you're you're really watching the the monitors on the side of the stage, mm-hmm. because you're in the building, the emotion is different. Totally. Oh yeah, than, I would never debate that. Yeah, yeah. Than being online. Oh yeah, I would. Me personally, I would always rather be there than not. Yeah. Regardless of, you know, how far back I am or the sound quality or you know whatever, I would absolutely always rather be there at the show. Yeah. Hands down. Some people are not so much. But I wouldn't take away from how cool it is that we can view and watch these shows from home. Because like I said, when I don't have any money, it's super cool that I can watch these things from home. True. Or what about, you know, those people who like physically can't get to them? Because they're exhausting. True. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> we're, in, we're in decent health, yet... I'm not sure I'm, you know, willing to battle <laughs> right. the elements for something like that. But I think it's awesome that people can somewhat experience what a what a show is like of that capacity, whether it's, you know, an intimate one or a huge festival. Yeah. From home. Right. Well and I mean, the US is such a physically large space and there are a lot of people here but we're all pretty fucking spread out we really are in comparison to the rest of the world right so i mean if you there are areas of the country where you're not gonna get to go and see a show Mm -hmm. you know i don't know if you live in fucking montana watch your mouth (laughs) (laughs) i knew you were gonna say that shit like side-eyeing your ass from over here (laughs) had i lived there past the age of 10 right Right. Asshole. <laughs> then, <laughs> you know, I probably would be watching shows. They get a handful of shows, but they're pretty terrible. 
Um, and they have to try and travel to Denver to see oh, a shit. good show. Seriously. Let's look into how many streams or how many albums would they have to sell to just make minimum wage. I actually did this math. Okay. And I'm proud of you. Not not in my head. I used a calculator. <laughs> um, so if we say that you know minimum wage on based on national minimum wage at an hourly rate, forty hours a week. Let's say like seven and a quarter for right. forty hours a week. Yep, seven and a quarter, forty hours. A week. So no overtime. I'm not taking taxes out because that's more math than I can handle. Yeah. That puts you at about fifteen k a year. If we're talking about just streaming, like on one service. Okay. So, like, if your music is just on Apple Music, okay. To make minimum wage, you need eleven and a half million streams within that year. Shit. If we're talking about just Spotify, mm-hmm. because their payouts are a little bit lower than Apple Music, on average, we're talking thirteen point six million streams. Crap. When we get into something like YouTube, where they do have a music service now, but their payouts are they're considerably less, aren't they? Um, they're they're very very low, point three cents. Wow, fifty million streams. So they're like they're they're at the lowest point for any other. So the lowest Spotify, Apple Music would pay out would be still about twice. About yeah, twice as YouTube. much as what YouTube would pay on their lowest end. Yeah, now that but you've got to think YouTube is free. YouTube is free. YouTube has an insane number of subscribers because really How many anyone, subscribers do they have? A billion? Yeah. Because really anyone with a Google account has a YouTube account. Right. Automatically. And with YouTube, you do have that ad partner sharing. So you can opt to put those ads in front of your videos and get some So they have another... Revenue. Right. From those ads. Yeah. Another source of revenue from that. Those are huge numbers. I mean, so eleven to thirteen million streams within per a year, year to make fifteen k to make minimum wage. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. <laughs> like just to be able to break that down and understand that on that level is like, fuck. I want to support the people that I really like. Yeah, you know. I mean the the flip side of that though is at at ten bucks an album on. A major label, and we're talking about after your advance and all recoupable expenses and paid back to your label, you have to sell 64,000 albums. So, after... That isn't that many, but how many do you have to sell to recoup? I mean, that's going to depend on your contract, of exactly. course. Exactly. And how much of an advance they give you and how much your recording costs. And So, so yeah, you, you would have to sell less albums, but that's after you've already paid for all the albums. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean... What it comes down to with streaming versus... I mean, I think... I'm not going to judge someone based off the way that they consume their music unless they're illegally downloading, in which case I'm going to judge the shit out of you. Judging. What it comes down to is just pay for your fucking music. Right. I don't care which way you get it. Yeah. Pay for your music. Support the artists that you like. Buy their t-shirt. Buy a sticker. Go to the show. 